friends, and welcome to another Cup of Joe podcast on this Wednesday, February the 16th. Gosh, we're over halfway through February already. Wherever you are, whenever you are listening to this, I wish you God's life and God's beauty and God's goodness today. Uh, thanks for being present and opening God's word with me. Um, it's, uh, it's good. It is a good one today. It's kind of an odd story. It's, I think it's one, if memory serves. No, I didn't look it up. I think it's one where we only find it in Mark's gospel. Uh, and it's kind of funky, you know, just odd. So what is it? It's Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26. Again, we're just marching straight through Mark. We're doing it sequentially. And uh, we're going to pick up right where we left off yesterday. Yesterday, you remember, disciples forgot their food. Uh, they were, you know, pointing fingers at each other, wondering, hey, you know, whose fault is it? Where are we going to go hungry? What's going on? Even though we just saw the miracle of the loaves and fishes. And Jesus says, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the followers of Herod. And, uh, and they just don't get it. Well, okay. They were on a boat at that time. Well, the boat has landed. And here is where we pick up, okay? Mark 8, verses 22 to 26. Let's break open God's word. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus and his disciples arrived at Bethsaida, people brought to him a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. Putting spittle on his eyes, he laid his hands on the man and asked, Do you see anything? Looking up, the man replied, I see people looking like trees and walking. Then he laid hands on the man's eyes a second time, and he saw clearly. His sight was restored, and he could see everything distinctly. Then he sent him home and said, Do not even go into the village. My friends, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) So what we got, my friends, we got walking trees today. I mean, I feel like this should be a story of the Lord of the Rings. Maybe this is where J.R.R. Tolkien got his, his idea of the Ents. And if you don't get this because you haven't read Lord of the Rings, stop this podcast right now, right now, and pick up, I mean, The Hobbit's good, it's cute, nice child story, but The Lord of the Rings, best three books you'll ever read, trust me, you will. Um, Okay, so after that little diatribe, and I got that off my chest, we see a lot of themes here, right? I mean, we're seeing themes and, and, and really, my friends, in the spiritual life, we shouldn't surprise. There, there are not, you know, uh, 500 themes of the spiritual life that we have to walk every one of them, and then we're, we'll fully spiritual beings. We're already spiritual beings because the God of the universe, in his great humility and condescension, houses God's very self within us. We carry the dignity, the image and likeness of our God within us. And so the spiritual life really, it, it, it comes down to just a handful of, of concepts that we need to come back to. So uh, the things that we talked about, gosh, I want to say it was last week, the first things. So Jesus gets to Bethsaida. 
He has crossed to the other side, okay? He's, uh, he's left behind the, uh, the multitude, who he fed, and, and more importantly, the Pharisees who are argue, arguing with him and confrontational. And the crowds bring to him a blind man, and they beg Jesus to touch him. Again, this idea of touch, and, and, and I'm not going to drive it home. I mean, you, you get it. We talked about it last week. But the healing power, the healing, uh, the, the healing aspect that touch brings with it. We see it not just once, that they beg him to touch him. Then he takes the blind man by the hand and leads him outside the village. Again, we talked about getting away from the crowd, right? Jesus did that last week too. Get the person outside the environment because healing can take place not necessarily in the midst of everything. It takes place when we can hear the Word of God, when we can encounter the Word of God, when we, when we experience the Word of God, and often that is away from the crowds because in the midst of the crowds, all we're doing is hearing the noise. And listen, there's a time for noise. There's a time to be a part of the crowds. As I mentioned, we are social beings. But brothers and sisters, there is a time for retreat. There is a time for silence. There is a time to commune in that way with our God, whether that's in nature, whether that's on retreat, whether that's a morning, whatever it is. Talked about that last week, so I won't hammer that home. But, okay, the crowd begs him to touch him, took the blind man by the hand and led him outside. Then he uses ordinary things. Spittle. Again, we talked about that last week too. God uses the ordinary. Don't look for God in the extraordinary. Anybody can look for God there. God comes to us in the ordinary, right? Like in shepherds uh, with King David. Like a man on the lamb with Moses, right? Like uh, a baby in a manger. Like a 12 to 14-year-old girl in a backwater town, like a woman who had demons uh, cast from her, sitting crying in front of an empty or in front of a tomb, not knowing where the body has been taken. Brothers and sisters, God works through ordinary people, ordinary events, and he works through ordinary things. Yep, like spitting. He's spitting his eye. I mean, we've heard here's mud in your eye, but, but Jesus is taking it to another level. But he uses that. But again, what does he do? He spits in the man's eye and lays his hands on the man. The ordinary, getting away from everything, and laying the, the, the healing power of touch. Brothers and sisters, common, everyday, um, spiritual ideas and, and things that we, we, we need not forget because I think they hold brilliance. Here's what I want to talk about, though, primarily today, and that's this. I love this image. I love, love, love it. And I'm so glad Mark puts it here. So many of these healings just happen like Jesus laid his hands on the man, put spittle on there, you know, and, and opened his eyes, and, and boom, he could see everything clearly. But not this guy in Mark. This guy in Mark is like you and me, right? Because, brothers and sisters, healing doesn't happen in a moment. Healing happens over time. And, and you and I go through lots of our life seeing things that are looking like trees walking around. And, and it's better than it was because I used to not be able to see a thing. Now, you know, I'm just seeing people that look like trees and walking. <clears throat> so what do I mean? I mean, brothers and sisters, does God have anything 
left to surprise you with? Do we feel we know who God is? Because my argument would be, I think our, our image of God, again, to use the, the image of the blind people looking at the elephant and, and all around there, they, they, they think they have the fullness of it, the one who has the trunk or the one who has the tail or the one who has the leg or, or the one who has the, the belly or whatever it is. They're all experiencing different aspects of this enormous beast. And they think they've got to figure it out. And they have part of the truth. Remember how I said I, the, the, the fishermen, there, there are vast parts of the, the ocean, the sea that he will never know, but yet he knows the sea. But he knows the sea. That is true for us too in God. That, that we know God by God's great goodness and his condescension. Again, to use that term again, in, in the best sense of that word, that he, that he humbles himself to come to us. Not only uh, through, through the child Jesus and the, and the man Jesus and the human being Jesus, but through God's word, through God's prophets throughout the ages, through the love that we experienced from those people close to us, through those mentors in our life. I mean, God comes to us in a, in a variety of faces. Gosh, I should have uh, brought Gerard Manley Hopkins' um, poem out here, and I didn't even think about it, but it's so good. You know, that God plays in 10,000 faces and 10,000 places. And it's just so beautiful because that's the reality of who God is. And, and if we think we know God, I mean, it's that old axiom I've used a dozen times in here. If on the road you meet the Buddha, kill the Buddha. Because if we think we know God, we need to upend that image and begin again because God has more to teach us. We see God as a walking tree. We have more, more, more to learn to see clearly who God is, brothers and sisters. That is me and you. But not only that, not only that, we have more to learn about who we are. I think we only see ourselves in that same image of people that look like walking trees around. I think we know ourselves, but I think we know ourselves in, in vague ideas. I think we know ourselves in, in images or or. or you know, just kind of, uh, just differing ways, but not in fullness. I mean, do we dare do that tough exploring to say, what is it we fear? And where are those fears coming from? What is it we desire? And where are those desires coming from? What is it that motivates me and gets me up in the morning? Where does that come from? What if, if I were to pass away today, what would the lessons be that I want to, to pass on to other people? And have I done that? Um, what, is my, what is my greatest accomplishment on this earth to this point? What is, what is, what is my hope for today and, and tomorrow and next year? What, 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 is, what is the thing that, that gives me the greatest joy or or that uh, that I will avoid if it's on the other end of a phone or or uh, if it approaches me in a hallway. What What's going on beneath the surface? How well do we know ourselves? I think we know ourselves, but I think, brothers and sisters, there are, there are corners within us that we have either simply avoided because we pass by them too quickly or we're too afraid to go in there and say, what does that mean? What, 
What's going on in those areas of shame? And why do I carry that? Um, and, and, and why do I listen to those voices inside my head that say this, that, or the other thing? Do I really believe that? Where does that come from? What? Yeah, I could keep going, but you, you get the point. But I would say that's not only God and it's not only us. What about that person close to us? So what about that spouse that is with us? How well do we know them? Do we see them clearly? Or, or those same questions that I just asked about ourselves, do we dare ask those of our spouse or our best friend or whoever that person is that is closest to us? Do we see them uh, in, in, you know, imperfectly, you know, or, or, or do we see them clearly? You know, my friends, we, when we go, I, I, gosh, I don't remember. This had to be 15 years ago, maybe. Eh, that might be an exaggeration. Maybe a dozen years ago. I was working in the garage, and I threw my back out. I, I bent upward and twisted when I was trying to, I don't even remember what I was trying to do, pull something apart. And my back just gave out in a way that it's never done before. And, uh, and I ended up having to go to a chiropractor. I'll bet for years. Um, and, and I don't even know today that it's back to where it was before. And I think part of that is simply age. You know, I'm not as young as I used to be. And that's, that's how life is. But that healing process took place over a number of years before uh, I was feeling back to, to where I wanted to be feeling. And we think nothing of doing that, of going to a chiropractor every week or every two weeks or, or whatever it is, or going to a physician or taking a medication, you know, for, for a burst, for, for you know, a, a number of days or whatever. We know that healing takes place over time in the medical sense. But do we know that in the spiritual sense too? That it's not a matter of, oh man, I need something today and I need to, to pray to God and boom. I, you know, if God doesn't show up by next week, Something's wrong with God or something's wrong with my prayer. My friends, the law of spirituality is what Jesus is showing us here today. That that clarity of vision, it takes time. It takes time. And that's okay. We just need to stay in the ring. We need to stay with Christ and allow him to continue to touch us with whatever and however he chooses to do it, through ordinary measures that people or places or things will come up to us in ordinary ways that will continue to provide that healing to us, no less than the spit in this very image. But that will take place over time. The grief that we carry, the lack of trust that we may carry, the hurts that we carry, the hopes that we carry, the fears that we carry, that that is not something that by tomorrow we can set aside. But my hope and belief is, next week, if we stay with Christ and we continue to bring them to him, they'll be a little bit lighter than they were this week. And next year, they'll be a little bit lighter than that. I think that's the law of, of all things, physical and spiritual. And I think our God is inviting us to that here today. Last thing I'll say, Real quick, the first reading, you guys, is from James. Uh, and, and so we're in James 1 in the first reading for the daily readings. And, and every now and then I'm going to throw, because James has just got so many great one-liners in there. Um, 
So James, by the way, the one who wrote it, it's not the Apostle James. We don't believe it is James the Greater, which would be James the brother of John, the, the sons of Zebedee. We do not believe it is James the Lesser. We believe this is James the brother of the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean Jesus' brother we believe as Catholics. That means his cousin. But um, that he was, this James was the head of the Church of Jerusalem that wrote this. Now, I could talk more about that, but but suffice it for now, James, the brother of the Lord, uh, that wrote this uh, to the church in Jerusalem. But here's what he says. I just want to bring two things because I think it's so good. First line is this. Know this, my dear brothers and sisters. Everyone should be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For anger does not accomplish the righteousness of God. You know how many times have we heard that goofy axiom? Well, God gave us two ears and one mouth, so we should listen twice as long, much as we do speak. I mean, it's kind of what James is saying, although he does it far more eloquently and, and less dopey-ish, you know? That, because he's saying what he's saying here. It's almost like a proverb because it's real. Everyone should be quick to hear, to listen to those around us, not to argue, especially in today's day and age, right? How do we understand each other? How do we encounter and dialogue if we're to do what Pope Francis invites us? Because we have to be quick to hear, slow to speak. And remember, anger doesn't accomplish a thing, certainly not the will of God or the righteousness of God. The other thing I'll say is this, and then we'll, we'll pray. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, they are like the person who looks at their own face in a mirror. Then they see themselves and go off and promptly forget what they look like. Boy, isn't that the truth? My friends, I've said this how many times? I don't think we're bad people at all. I don't think we are. We're made in the image and likeness of God. We carry that spirit. I think we're a forgetful people. We're a people who has a hard time remembering. Remembering who we are, what we're about. And that's what James is saying here. He's like, don't be like people that look in the mirror and see themselves and promptly go off and forget. We're called to be doers of the word, not hearers only. That we hear the word, it takes that root within us, and we go off and live the word. Oh, James. There'll be more, you know, tidbits of wisdom for him along the way, but, but that's enough to wet our whistle for now. How about that, huh? Well, let's pray. And so we begin, my friends, as we begin all things in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. The third joyful mystery, the incarnation. Jesus is born. Heaven and earth are united in this God-man. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. 
Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. O my Jesus, forgive us our sins, save us from the fires of hell, lead all souls to heaven, especially those in most need of thy mercy. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. My friends, bless you. Uh, We are halfway through this week. Make it the best you can. And uh, thanks for being present with me today. God's peace.